0: We have been, uh, by the way, Happy New Year. Welcome to YZETA Free. We're so glad you're here. And uh parents, I was surprised by the number of hands that went up of the kids that stayed up by midnight. And I am more surprised that you're here this morning. So, w- way to go. I don't think my family would be here if I weren't speaking this morning. So. Way to go. I am impressed. We have, over the last couple months, asked students and, and kids to come up and, and to lead us in prayer. And uh, it's really special for me that I get to have one of my daughters do that. So, Samantha, if you'd come in up and lead us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, since it is a new year, I was thinking we could make some new year resolutions. As a related family, we should come to church more or maybe help out in church events. As a church family, we should focus on God even more than we do now. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah 40:31. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not forfeit. God, please help everyone in our church to trust in you. Good times are back. I pray that we will stick to these New Year resolutions to make our church stronger. Amen. Amen. I have uh, three wonderful daughters, and Samantha is the oldest of the three. And, and uh, I had to tell you something that, that Shirley said is, you know, the, this legacy that we're creating and and she she talked about how you know way back 56 almost 60 years ago how this prayer group turned into what is now Isaiah of Free and she said 1978 well you know what in 1978 that's the year I was born and if we can just look back and and, and I know for me as a father there there is nothing I want more than for one day my kids, after they have gone from my home, to love Jesus. I want them to, to be in love with Jesus. Not know who Jesus is, not, but that's what I want as a parent. And I believe that's probably what many of us as parents have a desire for our kids, that they will know and, and love and follow, follow Jesus. And my kids so often remind me uh, of a passage that's, that that uh, talks. Jesus talks about the kids coming to him, and the passage says, "If you want to put that up there, Shelby, it says people in Mark ten thirteen through sixteen. It says people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place their hands on them. And when Jesus saw this, he was in, or when when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them." Let the little children come to me, I want them, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he placed them in his hands and he blessed them. I had tell you, I was driving into church this morning and I thought, oh my goodness, how many things can go wrong on a on a, on a New Year's Day. There's snow on the road. It's slipping. I almost slipped as I walked out my door. I was trying to get things going. And, and I walked every morning. On a Sunday morning, we have a team that gets together and prays. And I walked in there and they said, Kevin, we've been praying for you. And we we've were praying for you as as you were driving in and as we were driving in. and And I said, well... Bruce is going to step in and do the children's message, so we should pray for Bruce as, as well. And one of the prayers that came was how, how our kids can hear such a simple message. And it means so much. And we in our adulthood have almost forgotten the simple messages. We, we have sometimes complicated things to the point... Or really, we don't understand anymore, and how how Jesus reminds us to this is simple. This stuff I have for you, be be simple. But it's out of my desire, my greatest desire for my kids to know the Lord. That Teresa and I pray for the girls each night as we tuck them in. That we remind them of godly principles before they go off to school, and, and it's it's. It's what causes us to give up our time to make sure they're at Adventure Club or that they're going to camp. So we put resources into that and we put them in spots where they are going to know Jesus. You see, Teresa and I have come to this agreement that it's not about us. It's about our kids. We know who Jesus is. We love Jesus. And nothing is going to change that for me. There's no um, brilliant scholar that's going to come out and say, see, God was a fake. There, are, there is no, there's no... I'm not going to go to a science class and learn about evolution and say, okay, God was a fake. There's not going to be some tragedy in my life that's going to cause me to say, okay, God was fake. But I'm not sure that the same is true for my kids yet. And it's because of that, because I want them to know Jesus, that I give these other things up. My family and I started a tradition. And it's kind of a fun tradition. It's, it's only been a couple of years, but we have, over spring break, been going on these little trips. So one year we decided, all right, we're going to go on a trip. Who knows where we're going? We're just going to get in the car and go. Spring, it was cold. We knew we wanted to go south, so we thought, all right, Kansas City, here we come. So we got in the car, drove to Kansas City, and, and, and uh, we left right after school. So one of the places we stopped is uh, in West Des Moines at a hotel. And we walk into this hotel, and one of my girls said, it smells like Grandma and Bumpa's in here. That's true. There's an aroma that you walk in And you can identify stuff. I love going to my grand, or to Grandma and Bumpa's house, who are Teresa's parents, actually. And I first started going to their house when I was 14, but it's great. It's like on 80 acres, and in this 80, on, on, this 80 acres is made up of a valley and a little stream down there that you can ride four wheeler through. There is about an acre and a half yard where we play croquet and the kids can run and swing, and it's just awesome. I love it. It's a relaxing place. And inside, you walk in their home, and their home declares on a sign. It says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It comes from a passage that could be found in Joshua that, that says, "It says, but, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable... So Joshua's talking to this group of people, and he's saying, okay all this history that's gone on, remember your history. Even as It just lines up with what Bruce was saying. Remember your history. Remember your history. And then he says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day who you serve, whether it's the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Aramaic in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love that phrase. I I think it's great because one, it says it says this. It makes two declarations. One declaration says no matter what's going on, no matter what the world chooses outside of me, no matter whatever, my choice is not impacted by your choice. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The second thing I like about that passage is that it puts us in this right relationship with God. It says, we will serve the Lord. It's not about God serving us. It's not about, uh, it's not about us at all. It's, it's about us choosing who we are going to serve. So as I was preparing through this message, I was, I was looking back and went into the New Testament in different places and thought, well, what is it to serve God? What is it to serve God? Is it getting up on New Year's Eve? I mean, on New Year's morning and coming to church at ten o'clock after we all stayed up way too late and probably ate more than we should? And maybe, but there's more to it. A service can't be passive. A service is an act of of putting something before you, something before ourselves. So I declare. These signs declare. This passage declares. As for me and myself, we will put the, before us. We'll put what God desires. We will serve the Lord. We will love out a sacrifice to ourselves. We will live patterns in our life that maybe are not always the easiest patterns, but they're what God calls us to do. We will give. The way that God calls us to give. Yeah, you know, we were getting back, and and so as me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Well, why is that a free is kind of a, a family within itself. We we have this our own identity of who we are as a church. We are the church family. We've heard that, right? We are the church family, and why is that a free? And, and just like My family has parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and real young kids. And yesterday at our home, we had even younger kids than our kids. There are generations that make up families. And we have generations in our family. So as I was thinking about that passage of what does it mean for us as a church to serve God? What, what an, in 2012 does service look like? Does our family look like? And I, I was brought to this passage that was up on the screen just a moment ago. And, and this is what it says again in 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 27. It says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, by, but many. When you hear, why is that a body, you can just put in, why is that a free for this talk? So even so, Y Z free is not made up of one part, but many, even so the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, be st- stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the, bo- those parts of the body that seem weaker or are indispensable. And the parts that think they are less honorable, we treat with special honor. every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. I was thinking through and thought, okay, what are are the eyes and the ears and the feet? And really, we don't call them eyes and ears and feet. We call them different ministry classes. You know, we have the navigators. We have fusion. We have worship and prayer teams. We have kids. We have youth. We have ambassadors. We have uh, a second hour elective. We have all these different groups. Not only that, but we have people in their 80s. We have people in 70s, 60s. I mean, we go all the way down to newborns. We are a body of many generations. For a long time we we have shared with with the congregation and as a church we've set out to be a multi generational church. The reality is we are a multi generational church. If that's our goal, we've achieved it. That's not my goal. My goal is to be a unified, multi-generational church. How do we become a unified, multi-generational church? Well, what it takes is for one body part not to think themselves greater than another body part. It's us that have great honor in the church to put those with lesser honor above. How do we do that? As a staff, we go on these staff retreats annually, and, and someone in the church really blesses us as a staff and allows us to go to a retreat center, and it's, it's wonderful. And we came back from the retreat center with a purpose and a mission what our goal is going to be for this next year. And our goal and purpose is unity. Is unity. You see what happens sometimes? And what I pray doesn't happen as I get older and I kind of see it happening in different ways already, is we go, there is nothing I want more than for my kid to grow up and know Jesus. Second to that should be, I want your kid to grow up and know Jesus. And sometimes that's hard for us. Sometimes it's, it's a struggle for us to put our style second to what needs to be there our attention span second, our resources second. And I don't have this great idea of how to make this happen, but I know for my resolution for 2012, for Why Is That a Free, it would be, how are we a unified body? I love sending people away with things to, to think about as, as they go and... So my thought is is this. My question for you and for me and is what am I doing? What am I going to be set to do in 2012 to unify my body, to unify the body that I belong to, to unify? Why is that a free church? Let's pray. Father, I uh, I love you and. Uh, God, I know it's because You first loved me. And I I pray for us as a church. I know that we all desire to give You the glory. And that looks different depending on what part of the body we are. Some of us, that's raising our hands. Some of us, that's a quiet prayer. Some of us, Father, are... (sighs) God, just read our hearts. Help us to read each other's hearts. God, bring a unity that only you can bring. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just as um just as you walk into hotels or you walk into buildings, you recognize an aroma. A smell. And in my prayer as as we leave. Is that the aroma of Wise Out of Free would be unity. That you would walk in to our building, to our body of people, and the aroma would be unity. And I pray as we as a church family, we serve God as we walk with the Spirit, and as we seek to become more like Jesus, we'll do so unified. Was.